We, uh, we had a wonderful team. Uh, there was nine of us all together from our church and another church. And uh, we were blessed to have a really gifted photographer as part of the team. So that's our hero shot, or the previous one. The, here is the previous shot of the kid blowing the bubble is our, is our hero shot for the, for the entire trip. But he was a, a very gifted photographer. And so most of these photos are courtesy of uh, Kai Furlong uh, and his 300mm uh, zoom lens. Uh, I think there's a few others that have been taken by some of the rest of the team. But that is uh, one of the, our favourite photos from our time in Light Home. Now for those of you who are unaware of what Light Home is, Light Home is a, is a school, it's a residential school in Andhra Pradesh, if you ever look at India. Uh, it is in South India on the east coast. So South India, Andhra Pradesh, near a city called Vijayawada. Now, if you're anything like me, uh, you are quite ignorant of other major world cities. Vijayawada has one and a half million people living in it. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, they speak Telugu, uh, another language I hadn't heard of before in Andhra Pradesh. That is the, the language that they speak in Andhra Pradesh. Light Home is a school that was founded by uh, Alicia Chowdhapalli, who we heard uh, a few months ago here at church in the marketplace. He's the founder and he's still the, the director. He had a, a, a vision to, to help his people. He is a Dalit. He is a member of the, of the Dalit class, some 300 million people, untouchable people off the bottom of the caste system in India. Uh, as, a, as a youngster, he grew up as part of that underprivileged class, uh, who he says, in, if, he's, if you're on the email list uh, just this morning, you've got an email from him telling that growing up they couldn't afford the 20 rupees uh, for a hospital visit. Uh, so such is, is the poverty that they grew up with. Uh, he got radically set free. Uh, he grew up in a Christian home but turned his back on faith, became a, a communist. Uh, communism is quite big in India. As you travel around, you'll see the, the hammer and sickle uh, around the place in various monuments. Uh, he rejected his faith, turned to, to communism, but was radically set free, uh, recommitted his life to Christ and indeed to serving uh, his fellow Dalits. He took a uh, couple of kids into his own home, uh, kids that needed care, and it grew and grew and grew from there. Uh, some Aussies caught the vision and invested and were to the point now where he was able to purchase uh, his own uh, school plot of land and to build a school. Some of the photos you'll see here in a moment. Uh, it is an English-speaking school. I'll let Bethany tell you the details. But basically, these are uh, children. They're not all Christian children. Uh, there are many Hindu kids that attend as well. There are some day kids who simply attend from the nearby villages. And there are some kids who live at Light Home, what we call the home kids. And they're the kids that we spent most of the time with. But that is the context. Uh, Light Home, we've got an ongoing relationship with them. And it was wonderful to be able to reconnect and in some instances to make some, some new friendships as well. So. So this is the team, got a photo of the team, nine of us all up, I think there's a photo of us at Sydney Airport, That's, uh, that is uh, the four of us here you see on stage and five members from Jeringong Uniting Church, who are, uh, some of whom had visited before, some of whom had not. So that is the team before we embark and I might hand over to Bethany who's going to tell you a little bit about uh, her experiences and in particular tell you about how the school and the worship works there at Lighthome. Thanks Beth. Uh, good morning. Uh, so, first of all, if you want to shake my hand this morning, I promise this won't get on you. This is Hannah. Um, so, uh, the beautiful ladies at Light Home um, put this on me. It's kind of uh, 
mushed up leaves and stuff that stains my hands, but it won't stain yours. Ethan was very hesitant at the airport, but um, that's what's on my hands, just to kind of clarify. Um, yeah, so I went uh, four years ago now, so it was really beautiful for me to reconnect with a lot of the kids. Uh, really lovely to see, particularly a lot of the girls that um, when I went were quite young and were the very little ones, and now the beautiful older women who um, look after the little ones. There's a big sense of family and um, looking after one another there. So it was really beautiful to see these now women um, really care for the little ones. That was really special. Um, yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about the school. Uh, I am studying to be a primary education teacher, so for me it was very eye-opening. I loved chatting to all the teachers and seeing how the school worked. It was very, yeah, very eye-opening. Uh, so the kids learned three languages, Telugu, which they speak, Hindi and English. Uh, so for someone who only speaks English, that was pretty amazing. Uh, their, all their textbooks are in English. They speak English in the classroom unless they're, you know, taking another subject, uh, another language. Um, there's, you know, quotes around the classroom, posters around the classroom, all in English. So there's this big push for the kids to learn English because that will essentially get them um, ahead in life, get them um, into university, get them to get a, you know, good job um, and kind of make their way in the world and kind of get out of this cycle of poverty. So that was the big push for English. So a big part of us going was really just to chat to the kids and build up their conversational skills um, in English because really it's just a lot of um, studying the textbook, learn you know, what that sentence says, and that's just kind of what they have to repeat in an essay. So to really build the conversational skills with, you know, learning new words, how do I answer this question correctly, um, just in person, was a really big part of that. So, yeah, so we went into the schools. Um, they look a little different to the ones we have here in Australia. Um, as you can see, it's kind of just um, pretty basic sort of chalkboard and um, some beautiful posters. The posters are very sweet and beautiful, but no, you know, fancy screens, no fancy desks. It's kind of just the desk, the chairs, chalkboard, and a few posters. Um, so that was, yeah, made me very fortunate for my education, but really cool to see how the teachers, um, yeah, are working with these, you know, less resourced this less resource school to really um, teach these kids and they're very passionate. I was lucky enough to chat, this is Ruth here, she is one of the teachers, chat to her and a few of the other teachers and it's so incredible to hear why they want to keep t teaching these kids. They don't get paid as, as much as they would if they were to find a job somewhere else but um, they are so passionate about helping these kids, um, yeah, work their way out of poverty and to teach them English and to really give them a good education. It was really, um, yeah, incredible and it definitely inspired my own journey as a teacher to see why they want to do that. Um, what else do we have? Um, they work very, very, very hard. They have the kids who are at the orphanage um, have a study period in the morning, then they have school from 9 till 4.45 and then another study period afterwards before dinner. Um, so... And even just chatting to them, they're all like, I want to study hard so that I can get a good job. I want to do, you know, make a difference. I really want to study hard. So um, that was really incredible to see how hard they want to work. Um, what else? Um, worship. Oh, and then, yes, okay, I'll talk a little bit about the worship. So we sung quite a few songs, <laughs> a lot of songs. But this picture here is of... Um, 
when we had the church service. So you can see here, this is the kids worshipping. So they're all with their hands in the air, they're all closing their eyes, and it was really incredible to kind of sit there and witness this. All, um, yeah, it was just incredible to see that these kids on the other side of the world are worshipping the same God that I worship here on a Sunday morning. That was incredible. They're, yeah, going for it. I couldn't really understand what they were saying because most of their songs were in Telugu, but you could just tell that they're singing about a very loving father that saves them and loves them. So that was quite beautiful. Um, But it wasn't only just in the church service. They also sung in the playground, constant songs about, you know, Father Abraham and um, his many sons and um, all, all these beautiful songs that they just constantly would be singing about God. And um, every night, oh, no, every second night, they would have um, a worship night, which is after dinner, they would again get together and praise God. And so that was really beautiful to um, see them all, yeah, just amazing, sort of just singing it really loud, like at the top of their voices, um, and, you know, with some beautiful actions and these beautiful songs that, um, yeah, really praise God. And you could just tell they're all just wanting to glorify God and what they do and what they say and... um, yeah, so that was very, very special to um, witness. But I think that's um, most of my everything that I have to say. Um, yeah, so thank you. I'll hand over to Elijah. Elijah. So my favourite experience with the trip was playing with the kids, their games and their sports. So you can see there, they loved their volleyball on the left. Yes, their volleyball. Um, we taught them soccer, so they had no idea what soccer was, or football as they would like to call it, and cricket. So cricket was their biggest sport. They loved their cricket. You can see there, we gave them the bats and the balls. They loved that. Um, they were often split up into boys and girls, so the boys wouldn't let the girls play with them, um, and the girls wouldn't let the boys play with them either. Um, so that was quite funny to see, and we'd, we'd often let the girls play with us, and the boys weren't happy with that. Um, they also had the seesaws there, which they also loved. Um, one thing I really loved about the sport was that how they'd always offer me first. So they'd always, you know, brother, your turn, brother, here you go, your bowl, brother. Um, so that was really, like, that actually really helped me because they have, they have really little to nothing at all, yet they still, like, bring joy to me and, you know, give me turns, which is really nice. Um, they also had a lovely game of modified Duck Duck Goose, which we all got to play as a massive group, um, which was hilarious to watch Dad try and chase the little kids down. Um, but that, that was really, that was one of the highlights of my trip. Another highlight was when we played volleyball, which was India versus Australia. Um, it didn't go too well for us. We lost <laughs> 21 to 10 or something. We had to get some of them to come onto our team to help us, which was, you know, that was quite funny. Um, yeah, they loved their... The volleyball was probably one of my favourite bits. That was hilarious. Um, another special time for me was getting a chance to see Alicia's elderly home, which is where he feeds the elderly there um, two meals a day, which doesn't sound like a lot, but without that, they would have been thrown out of home. Um, often the elderlies, they get... They are seen as a waste of space, and they, like, don't... They just get rejected... Um, often don't get fed, just left on the streets and just, yeah, die and get rot, just rot. Um, so he gives them a home, he gives them t- like two, fo- two, two meals a day, which you can see there, me and John feeding them, a, lot, a whole lot of rice there, which you can see. 
Um, and then some curry, really, which is usually just the staples. Um, that was pretty special. They welcomed us in with flowers. Um, they just went down the line, we were sitting, and they just put flowers all over us, those kind of flowers, um, which was very, very special. Um, when we arrived there to the elderly home, we were given coconuts, which were homegrown on the trees. Um, we were given the juice with a little straw, plastic straw, which was just thrown on the ground afterwards. Um, and then we were given co like coconuts, which were dried, I guess, and aged, and we were given to eat the coconuts, which was very, very nice. It was beautiful. Um, overall, the trip had a very powerful effect on me. Um, it opened my eyes to those who were less fortunate. They had to wash, they had to wash their clothes by hand. They had to dry it on rock, slapping rock early in the morning, 5.30 a.m. they were up. Um, they had no, no phones, nothing like that. They just used their, play, they played their games, sports, studied. Um, and yet they were still so happy, they, were ha they had so much joy within them, constantly smiling. Um, wake up in the morning, they want to play games. Before bed, they want to play games. Um, it was very tiring by the end of it, <laughs> but it was, it was so much fun to play with them all and learn about them. Like a week, it was so much um, learning, but it just felt it went so fast because it was so nice. Um, and that's about it, really. Just, yeah, had a great time playing with the kids. That's about it. That's funny. So I'm old school, like uh, the kids. Uh, so like uh, Elijah said, um, the kids, none of them have uh, phones at all. Uh, no TV. They had a TV, uh, uh, and, but uh, one of the kids uh, knocked it over. So that, uh, and they only had the TV on a Saturday and Sunday. That was their special day. <clears throat> but I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about um, uh, the 26th of January. 26th of January, for those who don't know, is uh, Indian, Indian Republic Day. So we share the same uh, national day as, as India. Um, so uh, for them, uh, it's a special day, but it was also a special day for uh, Light Home. So this is a photo of um, uh, where the, the, the house is, uh, about 500 metres away. Uh, this is a block of land that uh, they, they've purchased, and this is a, a dedication of the, uh, the, the hospital that, that's going to be built. Um, so <coughs> uh, this is a, a photo of the, uh, uh, the first... Uh, sort of um, uh, moving to the soil, okay, the soil had to be uh, brought in uh, because it was a pretty uh, rock, pretty uh, dried out sort of uh, block of land, it was rock hard, so you can see that uh, they've uh, brought the soil in and uh, there's uh, the group of us there and the whole family and all the, the kids from the school and also some, some of the people, the local, the teachers as well, uh, who've come there to, uh, to uh, have that special dedication of the, of the hospital. So as you can see, <clears throat> the ladies were, were beautifully uh, dressed uh, with their beautiful dresses. And so on a Sunday, they all get uh, dressed up for church uh, in their, their Sunday best, whereas the, the boys would be uh, sort of uh, a more sort of um, traditional sort of, well, just their nice shirt if they had a nice shirt. A lot of the kids uh, didn't have any... Uh, any sh there's a few that didn't have any shoes. Uh, if I'd known, I would have... Like, we went to the, uh, the city one day and uh, I would have well, purchased them. So next time we go, I think... You know, uh, we'll, we'll take some uh, clothes and uh, especially some of the kids. Some of the kids, um, uh, they all have families, so they do go home to, um, like, they're there for the, uh, the, the term, but they do go home to their family. So uh, most of them have some sort of family, uh, whether or not it's, you know, just one parent or uh, a couple of parents. 
uh, but um, they, do, they do go home. So with the, the hospital, uh, it's, it's going to cost 160000 so they've, they've purchased the land. Uh, there's three sort of areas that they're looking at uh, uh, the needs that they've identified. Uh, diabetes, uh, obstetrics, obstetrics and gynaecology, and uh, paralysis. <clears throat> so we talked a bit about rice. Um, um, for them at the school, rice is there uh, three times a day. They have rice. Uh, morning, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it's four-fifths rice and a little bit of vegetable. That's about all. And then on a Sunday, it's a little bit of chicken. So, <clears throat> for, you know, we think, <clears throat> you know, what we, we, what we get, you know, you know, we think about food, and, you know, we're, you know, very, very blessed. <laughs> got off the, I was only thinking about this, you know, yesterday when we got off the, and uh, I saw Carly at the airport and um, <clears throat> we were sort of saying, you know, oh, you know how you're going? I said, oh, yeah, great. I'm not going to eat rice the next you know, month. <laughs> I then, I reflected on that. These kids eat rice seven days a week, pretty much. You know, I, I, I think in Australia we sometimes don't realise how blessed we are mm. until you go to a country and you see kids who have so little and yet so, so much in a lot of ways. You know, so I think you really got to, you know, when, when you think about next time you have something to eat, uh, be it rice or something, uh, just reflect on, you know, how much we do have. So for the kids, uh, they're quite relatively healthy, although I was very shocked, you know, that the, uh, some of the, uh, the height of the, some of the kids, you know, some of them say, oh, you know, he's, he's uh, seven or eight, and he's, he's only about, you know, you know very tight, like, you know, he's obviously hasn't had too much protein. So he, you know, you look at the, their age and you, you, sometimes you, you really reflect on, you know, how much uh, we, we do have. Uh, so th the kids are very active. So when they get to uh, adult age, they're not as active and they're not doing as much because uh, a lot of the kids, they, they, uh, they're obviously they're playing sport and they're uh, out and about. But when they get to adult age, you know, they're, not, they're more sedate, sedentary. So... <clears throat> they, they have a high incidence of uh, diabetes associated with that. Uh, obviously, there's uh, problems with childbirth, so that's one area that they look at um, uh, having uh, uh, obstetric and gynaecology, and also paralysis. So they're going to uh, team up with a... Uh, they're uh, partnering with a, uh, another hospital uh, who have actually done the, uh, the hospital before, uh, and it'll be a 10-bed uh, hospital and a lot of outpatient uh, facilities associated with it. Uh, people will be uh, asked to pay if they can, just like at the home. Uh, but if they can't pay, uh, it'll be free for the for the for the people there. Uh, what else? So there's about 100 kids at the hospital, and one of the other uh, ladies from uh, Jeringong, uh, sorry, at the, the, the home, um, and one of the other ladies uh, from Jeringong, she was saying uh, when we first uh, got there, she said, "You won't get to know every child." Just get to know one or two and get to know them. So it was about, oh, it was about the Tuesday or Wednesday. I, I'd just been playing cricket and then I was going to take a photo. And one of the kids came up to me and he, he just started talking. A lot of the time they, they come up and say, uh, hello, how are you? And you say, I'm well. And you say, how are you? And they'll say, I'm fine. And that's about the conversation. <laughs> it wasn't much, uh, you know, beyond that. So they're not very good at actually, com uh, you know, conversing with you back and forth. Whereas this boy, Rami, 
uh, he, um, I got to know him very well. Uh, and we, uh, like in the, the evening, they had their study time uh, before, like from 6 till 7.30, incredible. They have their pile of books and whatever they're, they're studying. And we, we were talking about politics. And he was actually going through the politics of uh, India and, and going, and I, we were sort of comparing Australia and, and uh, Indian politics and, you know, similar sort of systems. They've got the two sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the two sort of houses in government. So he could actually talk and actually, you know, converse back and forth. So, and this is him. Uh, he's got his nice, this is the, ded the de uh, day of the dedication. He's got, and they're all, he's got his be nice, uh, beautiful red shirt and, uh, you know, the, the bike there. So uh, continue to, to uplift him in, in prayer and, um, and that, that sort of aspect of uh, him. And the other aspect was, um, it was Peter's birthday on the Sunday, so we, we had a, uh, a birthday cake and uh, we sang happy birthday. But Leonie actually mentioned to me, which was one other aspect that, uh, you know, was very important for, 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 for them. She, she said to them, so they all came up from when they were getting the, the birthday cake. They, uh, they, wish, they sort of said, happy birthday, Peter. Or they, no, they call Peter and I dad and uh, Elijah and uh, Bethany uh, sister and brother, yeah, for a similar sort of age. So uh, we're all dad or, or uh, the older lady, uh, people would uh, be mum. So <coughs> they came up and they uh, wished or said, happy birthday, dad, Peter dad, I think they called him. But they also looked him in the eye, which is very important. As Dalit pe uh, people, you know, they're very, they're supposed to be, you know, uh, their heads are down and lower caste, as in, you know, they're not supposed to look people up in the eyes. So that was one very important aspect that I really, uh, you know, took uh, in uh, to understand, you know, the importance of being able to look a person in the eye when you're talking to them. So, beautiful place, uh, really uh, has a, a profound sort of impact on uh, the way that you see uh, and um, the way you can make a difference in their life. Um, and Leonie, who the other lady from Jerigon, she's been there six times. And she says, you know, it's a small way, but you can make a real big difference and give them an opportunity to make, uh, you know, th their life uh, a little bit better and bless them. So it was a blessing for me and, uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. Uh, and, yeah, it was a great time. And I recommend... Oh, one of the experts is uh, they all write in English, like uh, Bethany was saying. Um, and there was, I was looking through one of the books and it said... Experience is the best teacher. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Uh, John fitted in so well with the team, uh, made some new friends. So thank you so much, mate, for, for joining us. This was my fourth trip uh, to Light Home. I'd been uh, three times before, and this was a, a three-year hiatus due to COVID. And it was wonderful to reconnect for me, because this is an ongoing relationship. This is not simply just charity. This is a relationship. Uh, this is a partnership. Uh, we partner with our friends at Light Home for God's glory in order to serve the children of that part of the world, indeed the people of that part of the world. So I particularly enjoyed reconnecting and building on what is an ongoing relationship. They knew we were coming. They were looking forward to reconnecting. They asked about uh, my son, brother Sebastian. They wanted to know where he was this year. So they, they remember us from our last visit. And it was a real blessing to be a part of something uh, whereby 
I have a, a, a group of friends, a family in another part of the world, in a culture that, frankly, I wouldn't choose to do. India is a difficult place. India has never been top of the pops in my list of places in the world that I wanted to see. This was something that God has put in front of me. I didn't particularly ever, wanting, ever want to visit India, uh, but now I look forward to visiting India, even though at times it is hard. I engage in mission because of God's call upon my life, not as a minister, simply as a follower of Jesus Christ, to love and to serve. It isn't easy living in light home. The toilets, uh, the bloke's toilets, John, we, we had a flushing toilet maybe 50% of the time. It's hard. The, we shared a, a bedroom together. Uh, our fans, well, it was either nothing or cyclone. Uh, the fans in some of the other rooms were quite noisy. You got to either sleep with the heat or with the noise and the cyclone. The showers, well, they were cold showers. It didn't matter quite so much because you were hot, but there's no hot running water in Light Home. You have to remember that by their standards, this is luxury accommodation. I think we'd call it, what, maybe one-star accommodation, maybe? But for them, we were treated like kings, like royalty. Uh, we were waited on hand and foot. Almost, I, would you guys agree, it was almost awkward at times. Uh, with the way that we were treated. We were fed uh, magnificently well. I love Indian food. Uh, I, I love a little bit of curry, not too much. So we ate really, really well. I think I put on a couple of kilos while we were there, despite the sweat. So that is, this is my journey. You can see me here uh, with the cooks. Now, um, these are some ladies that prepare the meals, not just for ourselves, but for the kids who live in Light Home, for, for the home kids. As I said, about a... There's about a hundred of those kids that live there in fairly basic accommodation. Uh, this day was a special day because you can see there, there was some dried salted fish uh, that went in with the vegetables. So I spent some time uh, chopping vegetables, making uh, a curry. Uh, just a, these ladies do not speak English at all, but we somehow managed to, to communicate and they showed me what I needed to do. I want to tell you a little bit also about the Promise Bags ministry. There are some Promise Bags for sale out here. Some of you will have purchased them before. What I particularly love about this aspect of Light Home is that it really upholds the entire community. I do believe that one of the best things you can do for someone in need is to give them a job. It not only gives them income, it gives them self-worth and dignity. And so Alicia is now... Uh, growing this business of the promise bags. Obviously, labour in, in, in India is extremely cheap. And so this is a way of building an income stream for Light Home as a way of helping to pay the, the, the bills every single month. What was the number? What was the monthly bill? 15 grand. 15 grand just to keep the doors open. 15 grand Aussie dollars just to pay the staff. It needs to pay teachers, obviously. It needs to pay them... Uh, the wages, they need to feed the kids, house the kids, pay all of the bills, do the maintenance and repair. So they need income streams coming in. And this is one way uh, that they can do it. So it's, it has a, a dual win. It's, it provides income for the home as well as providing jobs and dignity for the ladies who make the bags. You'll see the quality is getting better and better. We've got some samples outside. Uh, we emptied our bags of cricket gear and clothes and were able to bring home some promise bags. Various different uh, leather bags and jute bags for sale. They're all selling point of these 
bags, that they are made by uh, a lady who otherwise would not have had a job, gives her dignity. Uh, alcohol abuse is rife, uh, domestic violence is, is rife. These, this gives these women a real sense of dignity, which is one of the things that I particularly love. Actually, a photo of the brand new building. The building is new, the ministry is growing. It's just opposite the school, a long green building you can see there. So this is a new building. I hadn't seen this before, so they managed to get this built. Plenty of room for expansion. Uh, you can see there's a, I think I've got a shot of all the different leathers that they use. Uh, there it is, so a whole bunch of leather. Leather is expensive. Leather is, is hard uh, to get hold of. You have to be thinking in a Hindu culture, Leather can be a difficult commodity to get hold of. When you see cows as being sacred, um, this can sometimes be problematic. Uh, by the way, you will see cows just wandering around the street, the sacred cows just wandering around the street, and the story goes, uh, heaven help you if you harm them in any way. It's part of, of Indian culture. But this is a wonderful ministry. It gives dignity to the ladies and, of course, provides an income stream. So if you would like to make a purchase... Uh, jute bags are $30 after the service. We'll give Church in the Marketplace first crack and some leather bags from about $70 up to about $180 for the brand new uh, uh, red multicoloured bags. I want to share with you just a quickly uh, little story uh, about, about the how and the why. In preparation for our series on Exodus, I want to give you a little bit of a taster. I have uh, got, been reading this book while I was there uh, by an author by the name of Os Guinness. Thanks, guys. Uh, called The Magna Carta of Humanity that deals with the Exodus. talks about how the Exodus really does, for uh, the Jewish and indeed the Christian faith, provide a platform, a foundation for what freedom truly looks like and how it is built and grounded on faith in God you will indeed uh, find a flourishing human community as a result, as opposed to the godless secular revolutions of the past that led only to tyranny. Think of the Chinese Revolution, the Russian Revolution, the French Revolution. So, uh, but one of the, uh, the parts of this book that really stood out to me, and I'm reading it, well, this is why we're here in India. This is why uh, we are here visiting Light Home enduring some difficult times, some difficult stuff. One of the young kids got a bit of deli belly while we were there. It wasn't fun for him at all at that particular point. Um, but we went there because we wanted to love these kids because we have been radically changed. Our lives have been turned upside down. I got a quote uh, from the uh, English author Os Guinness uh, talking about the exodus that applies, I believe, to every aspect of our life and certainly to our time in light home. God's presence calls into question every status quo. He's talking about the Exodus. If you know the story of the Exodus, talking about upending uh, the, the, the system that they had with the Israelites being in slavery there. God's presence calls into question every status quo. I underline that. Well, it, we are upsetting the status quo there in India, just like we are called to upend the status quo here in Australia. It doesn't matter what culture you're a part of. Our faith calls us to upend the status quo, to order our lives, to order society according to God's good life-giving rules and, and regulations. God's presence calls us, calls into question every status quo. In India, that is particularly the case. It's very much a case of swimming against the tide where might is right, where if you are wealthy or powerful or a higher caste, you simply have a better life. You're entitled to take was battling it even within the playground at, at Light Home. 
the bigger boys would just come and grab a cricket bat off the younger ones. No, I go first, I'm older. And I had to, got, I actually did Manana a couple of times because the culture of India even seeps into the school, pushing back against this concept that I'm just out for me. Me, 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 dad, me, dad, me, me next dad, me. No, if you come up and do that, you'll be going last. And they would look at me all fear and trembling. We seek to turn the world upside down simply because you are strong, simply because you're a higher caste, simply because you're a male. Doesn't mean you get to bat first. Amen? We call into question every status quo. Revolutionary faith begins with a call to break with the status quo of the time each generation lives in. A conversion from all other ways of thinking and living, a radical turning and a revolution at the very centre of all our thinking and living. You like that? This revolutionary faith that we have in Jesus Christ begins with a call to break with the status quo of the time in each generation. This is, this is our time, church. This is our generation's time. We are called in our generation to break the way of thinking where might makes right even here in Australia. A conversation that frees us from all other ways of thinking and living. It was clear to us as outsiders, this way of thinking of the bigger boys just being able to walk all over the little boys, that that, that was just part of their thinking. It was completely natural. The younger boys just accepted it. I assume they thought once they're older that it'll be their turn to dominate the little boys, but but no, no, it, it had pervaded their thing and they weren't even aware of it. I'm wondering what has invaded our thinking? What ways of Western culture have infiltrated into our church? How has the secular culture come to colonise the church, even here at a church in, in the marketplace? Where do we need a, a revolution in our thinking? I underline the section where the author says, our faith is the ultimate defection from all other ways of thinking and living. We visit Light Home because we have defected from the Aussie way of life where I'm just going to live for myself. I'm going to work in order to get ahead and earn money for myself in order that I might uh, gain pleasure and prestige for myself. Well, we say no. We are called to be different. We are called to be set apart. We are called to go to difficult places, to do some difficult things, some uncomfortable things, have some uncomfortable conversations perhaps both here and even perhaps abroad should that be your particular calling. I'll leave you with a verse that was inspirational for me that was, uh, that was really uh, come to be a, one of the, my key uh, life verses that is inspirational and motivates me to get there every year even when I don't particularly feel like spending 12 hours on a plane. Uh, and that is uh, Genesis 1.27. We talked about it about this time last year, about how the human, every human being is made in God's image. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. In his image we are made. Each human being is an image bearer of God and thereby inherently valuable. That is what motivates me. These human beings who in that part of the world are treated lower than the animals, well, we say no to that. We say no. We, 
seek a revolution in thinking. We seek a revolution in that society. We say, no, these children are made in God's image. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. We wanted to share God's love with them by loving them ourselves and letting them know just how much uh, that they are loved and how they are precious and how God has a calling on their life. Can I encourage you? I'll leave you with a, a brief little challenge. As I said before our discussion time, who are you called to love and to serve in 2023? You don't need to come with us to India. If you would like to, uh, please come and see me. We're keen to have some more visitors. You'll have the time of your life despite the hardships. Uh, we'll, if you would like to come, please come and, and see us. Think of maybe even a trip in December, perhaps. We will need to be going, unless you're really, really keen to go in the Indian summer, we go in the Indian winter. So December, January, February. If you're keen to come along, please come and, and let me know. We'll include you in our plans for, for next year or even later on this year. But, but who are you called to love and to serve? What revolution needs to take place in your own thinking personally in order to, to, to come into alignment with God's plan for your life? And then be thinking, well, how as a church are we able to influence our culture? What revolution needs to take place in Australian culture? I'm sure you can think of a few. How will we as a church be bringing about revolutionary change to be in order to to be bringing Australian culture into alignment with the good news of Jesus Christ. The God who made each one of those Aussies walking around out there, made them in his image, broke into the world, came into the world in the person of Jesus Christ and died in their place in order that they might live. We have a wonderful message to share with our world in 2023. So let's get out there and tell them. Amen? Let's pray. Uh, yes, loving Lord, thank you. We thank you for answered prayers, for a safe trip, a safe return to loved ones. We say thank you for our time with the kids at Light Home over this past week. Father, we pray that well, those little interactions that we had, that they might be sowing seeds of your love for these kids. Father, show us how we can continue to love and to serve. Show us how we can use our time and our resources to grow your kingdom both here in Australia, here in Sydney and indeed at, at Light Home and, and around the world. Show us, Father, what you're calling us to do, who you are calling us to be as a church. Help us to be revolutionary thinkers turning our world upside down, bringing it into alignment with your will for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, the people said, Amen. We're going to uh, stand and sing. We're going to sing only a holy God, because only a holy God can indeed bring about such a revolution. We can't do it in our own strength. We are entirely reliant upon his strength, upon his Holy Spirit to bring about change. Let's stand and sing. Oh,
Amen. Let's briefly lift up our world, our needy world in prayer before we finish up. Let's pray. God of grace, loving Lord, we come before you and we uphold to you all of the poor and the needy in our world at this time. We lift up to you the nations, Father. We think of our friends in Ukraine. We think of the YWAM team, Andrew and his team, serving the people of Ukraine in the midst of war. Father, we pray for safety for him and for his team. We pray for safety for the people of Ukraine. We pray for an end to the war, an end to the suffering. Father, we pray that peace might reign in that part of the world and indeed all around the world. We think of those nations who struggle to feed their people. May your justice and righteousness flow through the nations, we pray. May all members of the human family receive their daily bread this day, Father. We think of your church around the world where it has to meet underground for fear of persecution, Father. Protect our brothers and sisters in Christ, we pray. For our own land, Australia, Father, we pray that you might open our eyes of where we need to repent, where we need to return to you, Father. Help we, your church, to call our nation to repentance, to call our nation to faith in Christ. For those close to home, those nearest and dearest to us, our loved ones in hospital this morning, our loved ones who can't be with us, members of our own church family that can't be with us this morning, members of our family struggling with relationship breakdown, struggling with illness and injury, struggling with various kinds of mental illnesses, Father, depression, struggling to find a job, to find their calling, Father. So, Father, we pray for peace. We pray for healing and peace, the peace that the world cannot give, that only you can bring, Father. Come and bring peace and healing to the nations, to this land, to our friends and family and indeed with ourselves this morning. Bring peace and wholeness in body, in mind and in spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, all the people said, let's stand and sing.